The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsibility responsible gaming resources. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Filato, joined as always by Chris Flum. And Chris, we get to break down some mini camp practices. And look, everybody, it is the spring. We have about a six-week break until training camp or entering the dead season in the NFL, which is pretty much the only dead season there is because the NFL is almost year round. But Chris, before we talk about some mini camp storylines and just some of the stuff coming out of the New York Giants mini camp, how you doing? Yeah, I am doing well. On one hand, I am kind of looking forward to the downtime coming up, but also kind of dreading it for some of the reasons we actually talked about before we started recording and might touch on over the course of this podcast. Let's dive headfirst right into it. Saquon Barkley has not signed his tag. Therefore, he was not at the mandatory minicamps because he's not under contract right now. And there seems to be some, I don't want to say bad blood. I think that's too strong. But there's definitely a disconnect between the Giants front office and their star running back, Saquon Barkley. Both of these sides have until July 17th. Saquon Barkley has said that he felt a bit disrespected by some of the anonymous, quote unquote, reports coming out of the Giants camp. And the New York Giants, they slapped the franchise tag on this player. And Barkley said he might sit out. He said he could sign it. It's kind of up in the air. I think Ed did a good job breaking this down. Look, once July 17th rolls around, Chris, we're going to, uh, that's when it's going to be very accelerated. And I too, similar to Ed, expect there to get be some sort of deal done, or maybe Saquon will just sign the tag. I don't think he's going to hold out, but it does spark a conversation. And I wanted to ask you this, Chris, what is Saquon Barkley's leverage in this situation? Yeah, I think he has kind of two areas of leverage. The first is what he's doing right now, basically trying to claim the moral high ground, saying, you know, look what I have done for this franchise. I have really been what has made this offense watchable since I was drafted. Uh, We know John Mara loves Saquon Barkley. When Barkley was drafted, he really was drafted to be the, the face of the franchise. You could see, you could tell that from the way Dave Gettleman at the time and John Mara spoke about him. They spoke about his personality, his leadership, what a great guy he is. And they really wanted him to be front and center in these, in the New York media market. So him talking about respect and the giants respecting him or disrespecting him with 
the way the contract negotiations are going, yeah, that it really that really is him exercising the leverage he has right now. Now, he can theoretically sit out if there is no deal reached if he doesn't sign the franchise tag by July 17th they can't negotiate until next year basically after the 2023 season is done so then sitting out is on the table and there his leverage really is kind of hoping the Giants fall on their face like just hoping that with him not on the field the rest of the offense is not as it's not as good as it could be or even takes a step backwards which last year a lot of the giants offensive success was built on their efficiency the fact that they did not turn the ball over that they were generally pretty good at sustaining drives at moving the ball down the field, particularly when they absolutely had to. And a lot of that was because of Saquon Barkley. In the first half of the season, it was him carrying the ball. He ran the ball a lot. And that does factor into things with respect to his contract, which is something else we could talk about. But also we saw in the second half of the season, the use of Barkley in the overall play scheme, the play design, opened things up for Daniel Jones. There were a lot of instances where Jones had alleys to scramble, alleys to run after pulling the ball down, going through his progressions because of how Saquon Barkley was used. You know, having him release into routes late would pull a linebacker out of the middle of the field, creating a wide open running lane. Would another running back back there elicit the same response from a defense. That's kind of what Barkley's leverage is right now. Now, do I think he's going to sit out? No, I I do not. I basically expect him to be playing on the franchise tag. To answer the question you somewhat posited there, Chris, no, I don't believe another running back that is available or on this roster would elicit the same response from the defense. Saquon Barkley is the Giants' best option at running back, but it doesn't. It's it's not that simple, right? If it was that simple, he would be back right now, because there is a running back market, and that running back market is just steadily going down and down. It seems like every NFL team, Chris, that offers. A running back, a contract, they end up regretting it within two years. And we, you, you can go through some of these contracts with Alvin Kamara, with Joe Mixon, with Ezekiel Elliott, who was just released, who was getting paid about $15 million a year. And that is an unfortunate reality in terms of the Saquon Barkley situation. We know the Giants love Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley is the face of this franchise. But I do believe it is intellectually dishonest to have a conversation painting Daniel Jones as somewhat of a bad guy or a mistake in this scenario because he's getting paid $40 million and Saquon does not have a contract. Because the reality of the situation is if Daniel Jones getting paid $40 million continues to develop incrementally and get better within Brian Dable's system, that's going to pay off in spades because the quarterback market is booming and the running back market is terrible right now. So I just feel like that's a kind of a dumb argument that I see kind of going around national football media right now. I know it's a slow time in the year, Chris, at the moment, but you have to judge these players based on the market in general and not just based on if they're the face of the franchise or who they are specifically. Yeah, and what you said about 
other teams that have signed running backs to big contracts and then regretted it. You know, we just saw that Ezekiel Elliott cap casualty, Dalvin cook cap casualty, uh, Derek Henry. He, his production basically fell off a cliff. Once AJ Brown was traded away, uh, Christian McCaffrey, like right now, I think the San Francisco 49ers are the only team to be happy to have, to have a very high investment in the running back position. And a lot of that is because of Christian McCaffrey's ability as a receiver. You know, something we were saying just before we started recording, McCaffrey is one of the best pure receivers, best catchers of the football in the NFL right now. And he is just a an absurdly perfect fit for Kyle Shanahan's offense out there in San Francisco. So they're happy, but the Carolina Panthers traded him away because they needed the cap room. So it, it really is a, a tough spot to be in for running back right now. It's unfortunate, but it's a reality. And the giants, I think ultimately will be, come to some sort of agreement with Saquon Barkley and he'll make the Giants in 2023 a better roster, a better overall offense. But the Giants also added a lot of other offensive weapons this this offseason that should help their passing attack and should help their well hopefully help their offensive effic- efficiency. Efficiency kind of goes up and down year after year. It's not always the uh, trajectory is not always ascending when it comes to efficiency. So we'll hope that the Paris Campbells and the Darren Wallers of the world will help the Giants offense overall. And I know Saquon Barkley's presence will definitely assist in that. But speaking of contract situations, Leonard Williams, he's carrying like a $36 million cap hit this year, which is the third highest, not just of non-quarterbacks, quarterbacks included, the third highest cap hit in 2023, which is asinine because I think you can make an argument that Leonard Williams isn't a top three player on the Giants defense. I think he probably is. It might just be Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams, but there's at least an argument to be had. And I really love Leonard Williams as a player. I think he's an underrated run defender. I just don't believe there's a lot of 300 pound, six foot five, 35 plus inch armed individuals with his type of movement skills in the world. He definitely subscribes to George Young's planet theory, but that's a lot of money. And it doesn't seem like the giants are doing much to alleviate some of that cap hit. And we know that because Leonard Williams says there hasn't been talks. He said that I think it was earlier today. So Chris, what's your read on this Leonard Williams situation? Yeah, it, it really is interesting because he's getting paid a lot of money to not be a very consistent pass rusher. And the guys who on defense who get paid are the ones who can affect the quarterback, either the cornerbacks who defend the pass, who hold up in coverage, or the pass rushers who put the quarterback on the ground. And Leonard Williams can do that. He can create pressure, but he doesn't finish his rushes super consistently. He, he always seems to be getting to the quarterback a step and a half late. You know, the ball is, he's, He's close, but the ball comes out, that sort of thing. But you're right. He is a very useful player. He's a he's versatile enough. He can play three technique. He can play four eye. He can play five. He can play the nose if he has to, you know, depending on the package, whatever. He is a good run defender as an interior player and as the five technique defensive end in a three-man front. He is one of the Giants' best players, but that cap hit is 
definitely it definitely stands out and that does limit what the Giants are able to do financially. And the fact that it is the final year of his deal, yeah, a contract extension would alleviate that cap hit. But apparently there really hasn't been any discussion about that, which is interesting. Now he's he's not old yet. I believe he's 28. Yes. If I remember correctly. So he's approaching 30, but he's not there yet. Now he is coming off a season in which he had a neck injury. Maybe the Giants are waiting to see what happens this year. Yeah. If he is able to step up his pass rush a little bit, he's kind of an every other year pass rusher. You know, two years ago, he had a really good year rushing the passer. Three years ago, he had, I, I believe, a half sack all year long. Maybe it was what? Maybe it was one full sack, something like that. So maybe the Giants are hoping. Sack. I think you're right. Pardon me. I think it was a half sack. Yes. Yeah. It, it, he basically did nothing in the pass rush. At least no tangible production. That is. Yeah. A lot yeah. of pressure. Didn't get home all that often. So maybe the Giants are waiting to see what happens this year. If he can, if he's able to stay healthy, if he is able to be a productive pass rusher, they probably will be happy to keep him around. Maybe not at $36 million a year or anything close to that, but they, I could see them signing him to a, maybe like a three-year contract extension maybe during the season or shortly after the season. But at least for right now, it is curious that that cap hit is just sitting there. 14.05% of the cap is taken up by Leonard Williams. The next closest is Daniel Jones for 2023 season, that is. So it's something you have to consider. I think the Giants are looking at this situation. Leonard Williams didn't miss a game due to injury his entire career, Chris, which is pretty wild when you think about it. He's been in the league since, I think, 2015. And last year, he missed, what, eight or nine games, something like that, played through that neck stinger, that injury. I still think he's a good player. He actually brought up in his press conference about his explosive numbers and how he prides himself on still being at the top of the team. He looks plenty explosive to me. At least he did in the 2021 season. Last year, the injury, I still thought he was explosive, but I just don't think he finished as well, just as you said. So something we got to monitor and pay attention to. But Chris, before we get to the rest of the show, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors here at SB Nation. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun, but it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that t-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once-in-a-lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. 
Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. All right, Chris. Actually, I want to ask you this. Do people call you Christopher? <laughs> only my mother and only when I'm in trouble. Oh, geez. Okay, so we will not call you Christopher. Don't want to give you some sort of PTSD from that. All right. So, Chris. <laughs> Thank you for that. I got you, brother. So wide receiver, let's start there because there's a lot of interesting conversations that we can have about this position group. We already had a lot of them a couple weeks ago. If anybody wants to check out the podcast that was dropped, I don't know the date, but it was a couple weeks ago detailing the wide receiver position. But I want to focus on one player in particular who keeps coming up in OTAs and in minicamp. And he's a player that I believe we both think has so much upside that is yet to be actualized due to injury and bad quarterback play. And that is Paris Campbell, who is operating out of the slot. We know Mike Grow had him when he was the wide receivers coach over there in Indianapolis, used him in the slot and also used him out on the boundary. But Paris Campbell only played like a collective 200 snaps with him through two seasons because of injuries. What do you think his ceiling is in this offense? Because there's a lot of competition for the slot right now in terms of these wide receivers on the roster. But man, dude, if you look at the upside of Paris Campbell, I think you could find some true gold with that player, that type of skill set, using him out of the backfield with the minds of Brian Dable and Mike Kafka. Yeah, the the upside with Paris Campbell is absolutely immense. I mean, you just... You just look at his athletic profile. He's six foot, well, five foot, 11, and seven eighths. That's six foot. That's six foot in cleats. That's, but with a 4-3-1 40-yard dash, a 40-inch vertical, an 11-foot-3 broad jump at 200 pounds. So he has an impressive size-speed combination. As you said, though, the problem has always been just getting on the field and staying on the field. Last year was the first year he was really healthy. And we did see kind of a, a glimpse of what that, what that could be. Cause he targeted 91 times, had 63 catches, 623 yards and three touchdowns, which might not sound like much, but considering the state of the Colts offense last year. Yeah. That, that was a pretty darn good year and having an explosive player in the slot. Cause we know the giants like to go to their slot. It's that is a high volume position. I mean, just look at the year Richie James had out of the slot last year. And you know, who is he coming in? Nobody had even really heard of him when the giants acquired him. So getting that speed, that explosive potential in the slot that could give the Giants a lot of a lot of options, particularly with Isaiah Hodgins and Darius Slayton out wide, maybe creating some room for catch and run situations. Because the thing that kind of stood out to me from minicamp was that the ball was going to Campbell a lot, working with the starters, but also they were manufacturing touches for him. They were giving him handoffs, playing him out of the backfield, probably some uh Jet sweep looks as well, because we know the Giants tried that with Sterling Shepard. They used it with uh, 
Wandale Robinson, Kadarius Tony last year. So we know that is in the playbook. You give that to somebody with four three one speed. Yeah, th- that looks a little bit different. So he could be a bigger factor in this offense than maybe we really appreciate right now. Maybe Mike Kafka is looking at him as a potential Tyreek Hill. Not that I think he could be or he will be that level of dangerous, but that could be how Mike Kafka is kind of looking at him. The slot snaps, Chris, have to be one of the more interesting conversations surrounding the New York Giants heading into training camp. I think there's a ton of interesting conversations. We're about to get into a defensive one that I think it's safe to say neither of us expected to be a conversation, but to focus on the slot snaps first, you have Wandell Robinson coming back from the injury. Sterling Shepard, he's moving around a little bit in training camp, so he's also potentially involved. Jameson Crowder's name popped up a lot during OTAs and early, I think, on day one in minicamp. Paris Campbell. And then obviously Jalen Hyatt, the Giants' third round pick. So how the Giants allocate the snap percentage in 11 personnel is going to really interest me because they're going to be smart about it. I think players like Paris Campbell and Wandell Robinson, you can align them in the backfield. You can use them on those ghost motions to occupy the eyes of defenders. You can give the football off to them on jet sweeps. But the Giants are going to approach it and just do that when they're out there. And then when Jalen Hyatt's out there, try to, you know, run the scene. They're going to be creative with how they employ these this different personnel groupings and things like that. So I think the wide receiver rotation is going to be something that's fascinating. And I also don't know exactly, Chris, who is going to lead the Giants in snaps at the wide receiver position, what the highest percentage is going to be. I I think if the Giants remain healthy at this position group, I don't even know who is going to be cut because you have guys like Colin Johnson who are back from injury, who's tearing it up with Tyrod Taylor early in spring. You know, Bryce Ford Wheaton, are the Giants going to try to pass him through waivers? We brought that up so many times. There's just a lot of players now finally in the wide receiver room that might not have that true one like we said a couple weeks ago but holy crap they have options yeah i am very interested and we talked about this in our wide receiver show what happens behind hodgins and slayton on the outside yeah just based on the number of bodies they have in the wide receiver room i don't know that they can afford to carry both colin johnson and bryce ford wheaton so do, do you try to sneak the undrafted free agent through to the practice squad or could he force your hand in you know in camp and preseason by making some big plays we know Jalen Hyatt's making the team we know Hodgins and Slayton are making the team Wandale Robinson's making the team so where does that leave guys like Jameson Crowder Uh, right now I think Paris Campbell probably is the starting slot just based on health because Wandale and Sterling are both coming back from significant injuries and Jalen Hyatt is a rookie. He's, he's still learning the NFL really. So Campbell is the most experienced and probably their most athletic slot option. So like you said, there's so many different ways the giants can employ it. And the way these camp battles are going to shape up is going to be absolutely fascinating. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Let's transition to the defense real quick. And I don't want to spend too much time on this, Chris, because we're going to be doing our positional breakdowns for all the the defensive spots, not name the edge, because we already did that. 
But we're going to focus here on two names, Nick McLeod and Bobby McCain. And I want to bring these two up specifically because it seems like they're both rotating and alternating depending on the day in minicamp, starting opposite of Xavier McKinney. And Nick McLeod was somebody the Giants got off of the Bills practice squad. They brought him into the building and we we're like, oh, okay, Nick McLeod, whatever. Like he's a young guy, wasn't drafted high. What do we expect from him? He gets on the field against Green Bay and he came up with that huge play on third down. We're like, oh yeah, no, that was a nice play. I still didn't really think too much of him, but then just throughout the year, sure tackler, sticky in man coverage, feisty, long, good size. I started thinking, man, this guy's actually pretty damn good. I don't think it was just a, hey, the coaching staff got the most out of him. I think the coaching staff got the most out of him, but I also think he is a good football player. And now the Giants are trying to play, play this guy at safety and in their dime package, which is what they used him in last year. And there is a chance that Nick McLeod could start at safety opposite of Xavier McKinney. What's your read on that? Because again, this is a positionless defense. I think the New York Giants, when it comes to starting, it, it's not that big of a deal because there's so many different personnel packages. But at the same time, if Nick McLeod is earning more snaps than Bobby McCain, would you be surprised? I think I would be surprised because I, I think we were all looking at either Bobby McCain, Jason Pinnock, or Dane Belton being the starting safety just because Pinnock and Belton, their natural safeties, they were in this defense last year. Bobby McCain, he is the experienced veteran, and it seems like he was signed to be a direct replacement for Julian Love as a cornerback turned safety kind of a defensive swiss army knife knife a guy who can do pretty much everything but then nick mcleod this kind of under the radar nickelback is getting converted to safety and is all of a sudden getting reps with the ones so that definitely was a surprise now he had eight starts last year allowed a 54 percent completion and got a sack and a half on 13 blitzes. So he was effective in this defense. Like you said, over the course of the year, he just kind of kept showing up. A lot of it was by virtue of being so steady. And the Giants do seem to like the cornerback to safety conversion, which I'm fine with. I, I actually like that skill set myself, you know, as opposed to, you know, your safety being more of a, an undersized linebacker and just a downhill guy, having a safety who can cover, who knows what to do with the ball in the air. That is a very useful skill set to have, particularly when you rotate coverages as much as the Giants do. So from that perspective, it really does make sense with Nick McLeod, but it also did kind of come out of nowhere. And yeah, it, it's spring, it's June. Every year, there are spring and summer heroes who make plays, who are get shuffled in with the ones, and it's kind of a surprise, and they get hyped up a little bit, and then it doesn't really pan out. But there are also guys where there is something to the hype, and the fact that we did see it from McLeod as a nickelbacker last year there might he might be one of those guys where there's something there he could stick as a starter realistically a few points on that so the giants lost julian love julian love was in my opinion one of the better 
I don't know if I want to say one of the better alley defenders in the leagues. I don't think that's accurate, but he was very versatile. And one of the things he offered the New York Giants defense was his ability to fill the run and execute a lot of run responsibilities, which is a huge part of playing safety that not a lot of fans and not a lot of people discuss. Now he is gone, and you bring in Bobby McCain. Bobby McCain is good in coverage. He's a smart player. He's feisty. He plays through the catch point. There's a lot to like about Bobby McCain when it comes to coverage, Chris, but run support, not his strength, really. He's more of a speed bump type of tackler. I'm going to throw myself at your legs. Hopefully, some of my teammates rally and tackle you. Whereas Nick McLeod, and I know he wasn't entrusted to fill the alley too often last year. He was more of the dime type of guy, more of the overhang kind of coming in from that angle, not necessarily behind the linebackers and defensive linemen, but executing the assignments that he executed in run support with his run responsibilities last season, I felt like Nick McLeod was really good. So maybe he could be an option as an early downs type of safety as well because of his ability to fill and his ability to tackle. And the Giants could be looking at him from that perspective. What do you think about that? Yeah, I I think that is a good way to look at it. The Giants could be looking at, again, positionless defense and they love their person personnel rotations, running guys on and off the field, almost like a hockey shift at times. But they could be looking at McLeod as an early down guy because he is their best tackling safety, not named Xavier McKinney. And then maybe they're looking at Bobby McCain as a nickel or dime safety for those long down and distances as one of their more pure coverage guys. Like, just the other day in minicamp, he did come up with a pair of interceptions. He picked off Tyrod Taylor. He also picked off Daniel Jones. And I believe he had another pass defensed. And that possibly was on Jones as well. Although I, that I believe it was on Isaiah against Isaiah Hodgins. But again, I'm, I'm not sure on that one. Either way, he does have good instincts with the ball in the air. So it would make sense for him to be kind of the nickel safety while the Giants have the more sure tackler filling the Julian Love role, who, like you said, he was a very good, very sure defender for the Giants in their secondary. He was one of the real glue glue guys last year. Yes, he absolutely was one of the glue guys. And Chris, one more thing before we get out of here on Dane Belton. I think it's important just because we've spoken about Dane Belton and how he ostensibly was benched at the end of the season, but he was recently on, I think it's Sean Maresh is how you pronounce it. Uh, somebody from the fan, his podcast, I think his, I think his name is Sean Maresh. Anyways, regardless of that fact, he was on that podcast and he mentioned how he re-injured his collarbone last year and we weren't necessarily privy to that. So maybe that was actually one of the primary reasons why we saw Jason Pinnock kind of rise to the occasion and play more snaps than Dane Belton down the stretch of the season. Because I thought maybe it was just due to the fact that he missed that tackle and executed a terrible run fit coming downhill against Damian Pierce when the Giants faced the Texans out of the bye week. But according to Dane Belton, he was actually re-aggravated that injury and that might have played a role in why he didn't see as many snaps down the stretch as we thought. Yeah, that that very well could be. There are always a lot of injuries that we never really hear about, at least not until the season is over, which they're supposed to be on the injury report, but uh, that sometimes that rule gets bent a little bit. And then also how many weeks was, uh, Tom Brady on the injury report with a shoulder injury that never seemed to bother him. <laughs> yes, of course. Chris, anything else, man? 
No, I think that's about it. I mean, it it was a two days of practice at minicamp. I I think we've talked about him talked about that about as much as we can. Excellent. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. Please, if you have not done so already, leave a comment on iTunes or Spotify. Like, subscribe. That type of stuff goes a long way for us. And head on over to BigBlueView.com to check out all of our written content. We're coming out with glossary terms. We're coming out with summer school articles. We're obviously covering the New York Giants. So please, if you are interested in the New York Giants, check out BigBlueView.com. Everyone else, take care of each other. Have a lovely one.